The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. Welcome to Burger Yippee. Would you like a hot apple pie today? Yes, yes, yeah, I won. Woohoo! So that's a yes on the apple pie? I just went big time playing high five casino on my phone. Real cash prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. Yeah. So yes or no on the apple pie? Woo! I won again. I'll take that as a yes. Drive around. Have you had your high five moment today? Only at highfivecasino.com. High five casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High five casino. Before AI can help your business predict demand, accelerate growth, inform decisions, automate tasks, reveal insights, generate content, you have to trust it. Introducing WatsonX Governance. Helping you govern any AI as data, models, and policies change so you can scale it responsibly. Let's create AI that begins with trust with WatsonX Governance. Learn more at ibm.com governance. IBM. Let's create. Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash covers your skin in layers of rich moisturizers and vitamin B3 complex, transforming your skin from dry and dull to moisturized, soft and smooth in just 14 days. Feel the best in your skin and glow with confidence, all pride. For the third year, Olay Body is a proud sponsor of iHeartRadio and PNG's Can't Cancel Pride and supporter of the LGBTQ plus community. So this pride glow with confidence, not just all month, but all year long. Check out Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash online or at your favorite retailer. Baseball fans, BetMGM is giving you the chance to win a prize every day during the baseball season. Step into the batter's box for BetMGM's Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. Pick an area of the strike zone and take your best swing. If you get a single, double, triple, or home run, you'll receive a prize. Smash a home run to collect a bonus bet on us. Just log into your BetMGM sports account to get started. Then visit your promotions section to access the Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. There's nothing more exciting than going yard with the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. Must be 21 plus and present in Ohio. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards vary depending on market and expire 24 hours from issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Hello and welcome to another episode of It Could Happen Here. I'm your guest host of this episode, where I'm hoping to take a moment to discuss the commons, the principles of successful commons management, and why certain attempts to establish the commons have failed. My name, by the way, is Andrew of the YouTube channel, Andrewism. You can follow me on youtube.com slash Andrewism. I'm joined here um, with my two co-hosts. That will be uh, Garrison Davis. Hello. And James Stout. Hi. Awesome. But before I get into exactly what makes the commons work, I first want to discuss what exactly the commons are. Because despite being, you know, common throughout human history, a lot of people can't imagine how they might have worked, what they are. Of course, the commons is a very specific definition in a particular context of, you know, feudalism and whatnot. But even outside of that, the idea of the commons is 
essentially the resources accessible to all members of society, the totality of the material riches of that community or even of the world regarded as their whole inheritance rather than being subject to enclosure and to privatization. Even today, despite the process of enclosure, which is worthy of its own podcast episode or series of podcast episodes or book even, even today there are still, you know, viable existing commons institutions. And they've in some cases endured for well over a thousand years. Most famously, Eleanor Ostrom, the economist who explored the concept in depth and debunked the tragedy of the commons, wrote in her book, Governing the Commons, that from you know, the alpine meadows of Torbell, Switzerland, to the three million hectares of Japanese forests, to the irrigation systems of Spain and the Philippines, the possibility of community, of popular, rather than public or state or private or corporate ownership exists. The possibility of communal ownership as opposed to capitalist or state ownership exists. There's also the communal land of Chiapas in Mexico after the successful Zapatista revolution. And of course, as I discussed in a previous episode, there are the commons of Barbuda, where the entire island of the twin island nation of Antigua and Barbuda is owned collectively by all Barbudans and regarded as their collective heritage. These projects, of course, are not static. The commons in Barbuda, for example, existed for about a hundred years, but had some precedence prior to that, and are now honestly being encroached upon after the sole shock doctrine of um, the hurricane that ravaged the island has opened up an opportunity for Antigua and Barbuda's government to sort of swoop in and privatize the land um, for the benefit of foreign companies and foreign resorts. So the commons is not this timeless, eternal institution that can't be interrupted, doesn't ever change. Um, Same in the case in Chiapas, you know. They had similar projects, similar institutions prior to colonization. Colonization rolled in and interrupted all that. And thanks to the Zapatista revolution, they were able to institute some semblance of that sort of commons institution, of that communal land um, for their collective benefit. They respond to experience, to conditions, to circumstance, to serve or in some cases to eventually not serve the people. But of course, not all commons are able to work. Not all commons institutions operate effectively. And she talks about why, using various case studies to illustrate her point. In the course of governing the commons, she used, of course, the existence case studies to develop certain principles that she believed make the commons work. The principles that she found in common between Switzerland and Japan and the Philippines and Spain. And she then used those principles to examine the commons institutions that didn't work and identified which principles were missing from the equation. But I'm talking a lot about what these principles, about these principles of successful commons management, and I haven't broken down what they are exactly. So to get into that, 
The principles of successful comments management are as follows. Number one, clearly defined boundaries. Boundaries in the sense of having, of those involved, the appropriators of the comments, the people who are directly accessing the comments, having a clear sense of the structure and characteristics of the resource system itself, whether it be through a scientific study or through generationally preserved folk knowledge, as well as knowledge and a clear sense of who is involved in withdrawing from and sustaining it. Even if, you know, even in the case where the entire world has been commoned, where all land has been returned to common land, to the ownership of none and everyone simultaneously. In such a case, in individual instances of common pool resources, whether it be a forest or a fishery or a lake or groundwater basin, the people most directly accessing those, that, that segment of the commons, that system, that common pool resource, need to have a clear sense of exactly what that resource entails, um, the limits of that resource, the renewability of that resource, um, and who is involved in withdrawing from and sustaining that resource so that they're able to collaborate. If, you know, as in the case with the tragedy of the commons, everybody's just this isolated actor, not communicating at all, not collaborating, there's no collective institution in place to help them, you know, work it out. You're basically going to end up in a case like the tragedy of the commons where the system is depleted because nobody has a sense of what anybody else is doing. Um, there's no there's no open channel of communication. High Five Casino is a social casino with real prizes and big Vegas hits at HighFiveCasino.com. The hottest games right from Vegas and all winnings go straight to your bank account. Hundreds of exclusive games, free daily rewards, and come back to get free coins every four hours. Only at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited. Play responsibly. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details at HighTheNumberFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino. You're probably careful with your personal information, but what about the other places that have it? Like the doctor's office that mixed up your files. They have your social security number. The power company that mistakenly cut your service has your payment info and last three addresses. And the hotel that lost your reservation has your passport info. Your information is in endless places out of your control. Any one of them could accidentally expose you to hackers and identity theft through lax security, breaches, or simple mistakes. But LifeLock monitors millions of data points every second and alerts you to a wide range of threats. If your identity is stolen, a U.S.-based restoration specialist will fix it, guaranteed, or your money back. With plans covering up to $3 million for stolen funds and expenses. Mistakes happen. Don't let not having protection be one of them. Save up to 40% your first year at LifeLock.com news. That's LifeLock.com news to save up to 40%. Terms apply. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. 
Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Baseball fans, BetMGM is giving you the chance to win a prize every day during the baseball season. Step into the batter's box for BetMGM's Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. Pick an area of the strike zone and take your best swing. If you get a single, double, triple, or home run, you'll receive a prize. Smash a home run to collect a bonus bet on us. Just log into your BetMGM sports account to get started. Then visit your promotions section to access the Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. There's nothing more exciting than going yard with the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. Must be 21 plus and present in Ohio. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards vary depending on market and expire 24 hours from issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Which brings us, of course, to collective decision-making power. That's the third principle. So I'm jumping ahead slightly, but it flows better this way. Um, Having collective decision-making power over the commons, meaning there's an institution in place that um, those who are drawn from the commons are able to come together and discuss the rules of the commons, how they're going to draw from the commons, how they're going to deal with the commons, how they're going to deal with each other as they deal with the commons, and so on and so forth. The idea of rules is not anti-anarchist as a concept. Um, Just the idea that there is not, you know, popular inputs and collective inputs and free association in place. Um, And so with consensus with this institution of collective decision-making power, people will be able to come up with and modify the rules as it suits their situations, as it, sh- as it suits their shift in circumstances. Um, and of course, and this is the second principle, that their appropriation and provision rules of the commons are compatible with local conditions. The whole idea is that they're not relying on any external authorities to come up with these rules, to commit to these rules, to bind themselves to these rules, even when the temptations to violate those rules apply. So as a practice of you know, developing community, you need to have some sense of shared norms and developing those shared norms over time regarding behavior. And of course, as in the case in Almost all societies, of course, reputation and one's reputation would play a role. Um, If you are known to be consistently um, violating 
the commons rules, of course, there are going to be social consequences to that. That's just a natural uh, consequence. Just because the commons exist doesn't mean that people are free of the consequences of how they use those commons. Just like in the case of the environment, you know, just because you can cut down all the trees in the forest doesn't mean you're free of the consequences from cutting down the trees of that forest. Your actions are still going to have consequences, whether it be environmental or social. There are, of course, limits as there, is, as there are in any other aspect of life. But of course, simple norms regarding behavior or concerns about reputation may help, but you're also going to need the fourth and fifth principles established in some form to effectively maintain social harmony. The fourth principle is, of course, monitoring, which is the process of continuously evaluating the conditions of the common pool resource itself, as well as the behavior of the appropriators. Now, the term monitoring is kind of spooky, right? It sounds a little bit 1984, like big brothers watching you kind of vibe. But that's not really the intention. It's just the idea that it's just this, this constant informal process of looking at and observing and collecting data on the conditions of the commons. The conditions including how people behave with the commons, as well as the, you know, commons themselves, the resources themselves, how much of them we have, how quickly they're being, you know, renewed, that sort of thing. And then through that process of each person, each appropriator of the commons institutions, um, monitoring the system continuously, you begin to learn what rules work and what rules don't. And so you can adapt your rules to suit the circumstances, to suit how people actually behave, which is something that centralized and hierarchical institutions have a bit of trouble doing. Because when you have this horizontal commons institution, you're able to look at, okay, this is how things are going so far. And let me, we can, we can now talk about it. We're constantly in this dialogue. We all are able to contribute our information in this horizontal system and adapt our, our rules and our behavior to suit. Whereas in the pyramid structure of a hierarchical and centralized organization, the further up the pyramid you go, yes, the more power there is as centralized institutions tend to have, but also less information because the narrowing of the pyramid leads to less and less information from the bottom filtering up to the top. And so when you have these centralized institutions, rules are a lot more rigid because they're not able to respond quickly and effectively and as informed, as informedly <laughs> um, to the situations as they arise. That's also why 80% of the planet's biodiversity is being protected by a very small percentage of indigenous people because they are on the ground, because they are there interacting with the systems in real time. They're able to respond directly and quickly to changes in that biodiversity, to changes in behavior in order to maintain and sustain that system. Whereas you find that a lot of conservation projects a lot of restoration projects, environmental restoration projects, are failing. You know, I recently read an article about how a lot of these tree planting initiatives that governments have been doing these days, 
while, you know, it gets them good publicity, it gets them good, you know, social, social, political, international clout. When you go back one year, two years, three years down the line, almost all, if not all the trees are dead. The communities living by these reforestation projects were not involved in the process. They don't have any say in the selection of the trees. In fact, the trees aren't always even chosen in accordance with local conditions. There often isn't enough biodiversity in terms of the trees. I mean, when it comes to a forest, and that's what people don't understand, a forest is a living organism. You know, it's, it has multiple layers, has multiple parts. You don't just plop a set of trees down and expect things to work out okay. You know, um, James C. Scott talks about this in Seeing Like a State. You can't just... In these states, they, they, they start these sort of forestry projects. They, they, they try to legible, legibleize, you know, these forests, these simple rows and organizations, and you cut out all the, um, the fluff, all the shrubbery, all the other plants that are competing, quote unquote. You end up with a dead system. You end up with a system that is very fragile, that's not able to respond to changes in the environment as they arise because it does not have the buffers of a complex web of life in place. Indigenous groups and really anybody who is grounded in the local context is able to most effectively engage and respond because they have access to that information, because they're able to see the shocks to the system, the buffers, what works, what doesn't. Humiculturists are able to, you know, develop these intensive systems because they are constantly monitoring, come in full circle here, constantly monitoring the um, feedback that they're getting from their systems. And of course, there's a fifth principle. You know, in these sort of situations, you're still going to have a couple opportunistic people who may, be who may be tempted to take advantage of the trust present in the group. Um, and when I say opportunistic people, I don't mean to create this other, this out group. Uh, I just mean it in the sense of you know, you have, like we all do, moments of weakness, right? And in those moments of weakness, it can be easy for some to falter. And in that faltering, jeopardize the security of the system as a whole. And so the fifth principle of successful commons management is the practice of accountability and systems of accountability through graduated sanctions. Of course, empathy needs to be maintained through out the process. And I don't think that every infraction must automatically be responded to with sanctions. Like, again, I'm not trying to do something in 1984. It's just obviously when you have a system that has, and I know I'm <laughs> referencing 1984 like a right winger, but. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, I think it's fine to reference 1984 correctly as opposed to like someone who hasn't read it or read anything else that he wrote. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we can take it. Um, but, you know, obviously not every situation can respond to its sanctions. Obviously, empathy should be maintained throughout the process. Um, but when you have a system in which a lot of people are dependent on the sustainability, not just people living right now, but generations to come, and that's not something we're accustomed to thinking about, but generations to come, you have to think about with these sort of commons institutions, you can't do as the capitalists do and just let people do whatever with minimal, if any, environmental protections, with minimal, if any, like, standards in place. 
yes, infractions vary in severity and stuff, but when the livelihood of the entire community is at stake, you know, things can't be so easy. When infractions are just, you know, temporary deviations or unthreatening to the overall survival of the CPR, then, you know, tolerance can be high. But it depends on the circumstance. And that's why it really is important that the prior four principles are in place. You know, you have the clearly defined boundaries. You have the rules of the commons established by collective decision-making power over the commons with a constant process of monitoring in place. Because, again, the responsiveness of the people on the ground is a lot more in tune with the conditions of the commons and with the needs of the people themselves, because they are the people. And the fifth principle and the fourth principle and all the other principles would be nothing without the sixth principle, which is the presence of conflict resolution mechanism. Humans are gonna human. You know, we make mistakes, we have disagreements, and there needs to be some sort of means of discussing and resolving conflict in a healthy and effective way. There are a lot of processes in place. Um, A lot of communities, egalitarian communities throughout history, have used some sort of system of mediation. Um, There's also arbitration, which tends to be more common in state societies. And there are also new models and methods of justice being established and drawn from from the past as well that we can look into. But they are conflict resolution mechanisms. They have to be in place for successful commons management. We live in a society, and society includes conflict. Conflict is not always necessarily a bad thing, but it's a thing, and you can't ignore it and expect it to go away. The seventh principle is the freedom to organize. And this principle is, you know, the basis upon which the other principles rest. In some places, people have a lot of autonomy to self-organize free of state control. In other places, they don't. In other places, there's a lot of state encroachment on the commons because that has been the mission of the state to further their tendrils in every sphere of life and existence. So obviously, the end goal, or one of the end goals, is the complete abolition of the state. And obviously, the process upon which we reach those end goals would require prefigurative politics in the sense of establishing the institutions that we want in a future society in the here and now and building that dual power capacity to provide a competitive, excuse the capitalist terminology, but a competitive model that can, you know, compete with, rise from and separately from and eventually replace Um, the existing systems. And that's the process of social revolution. I have a video coming up on that um, in December. The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. I won! Private, put down your phone. This is the army. Sarge, High Five Casino is a social casino. It's on your phone. goes wherever you go. I win free spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. I won again. Platoon, present cell phone. High Five. High Five. Casino. Casino. Win at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. 
When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. Baseball fans, BetMGM is giving you the chance to win a prize every day during the baseball season. Step into the batter's box for BetMGM's Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. Pick an area of the strike zone and take your best swing. If you get a single, double, triple, or home run, you'll receive a prize. Smash a home run to collect a bonus bet on us. Just log into your BetMGM sports account to get started. Then visit your promotions section to access the Swing for the Fences free-to-play game. There's nothing more exciting than going yard with the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. Must be 21 plus and present in Ohio. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards vary depending on market and expire 24 hours from issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Lastly, and this does not apply to every instance of commons management. But in some cases, you'll need the eighth and final principle for successful commons management. And that is nested enterprises, which is, you know, basically the same principle as an anarchist confederation. You know, if a particular community is accessing a commons institution that other communities are accessing, or if the commons that a group of communities are accessing are part of a larger regional commons or archipelagic commons or continental commons, then you want to have means of collaboration, bottom-up, of course, bottom-up organizations that, you know, maintain the power at the local level while coordinating these larger scaled commons and ensuring that there's a smooth running and smooth communication between the appropriators, you know, the people involved. These principles very clearly differentiate between the success and the failure cases. To reiterate, the commons and the principles of successful commons management are as follows. Clearly defined boundaries, rules compatible with local conditions, collective decision-making power to establish those rules, monitoring to ensure that those rules are compatible with people and conditions, graduated sanctions to ensure that rules are kept up with and the commons are protected 
from potential threats, conflict resolution mechanisms, because humans are going to human, freedom to organize, particularly in the fragile early stages of establishing these projects, and nested enterprises, confederation from the bottom up. In certain failure cases, we see that you know none of the principles apply. Um, for example, in the book, Elna Ostrom references these two Turkish fisheries, the Bay of Izmir and Bodrum, where there was severe rent dissipation, continuing unabated. Of course, the book was written a while ago, so I'm not sure how the situation has evolved since then. But rent dissipation is basically a circumstance in which the commons, common pool resources, are being depleted uh, severely, and the sustainability of those commons are at stake. And so with all those principles in place to ensure that doesn't happen, um, you get a situation like what's going on, or what was going on in the Bay of Izmir and Bodrum. In the Kirindi oil irrigation project in Sri Lanka, they did have clear boundaries, that one principle in place, but the other principles were not. In Mojave, California, they did have the institution of collective choice, they did have conflict resolution mechanisms, and they did have the recognized right to organize, but the other principles were not in place, and so that institution was also a failure. Or we could look at the case in the Mawela fishery, also in Sri Lanka, where rent dissipation had become a very severe problem, particularly after 1938. Now, they did have rules in place. They did have a monitoring system. But unfortunately, you know, despite having those rules, despite having, you know, regulate, regulating the access to the beach and the use of the beach scenes and the control over the number of nets to be used. I mean, they really did try. It wasn't a problem of ignorance. The issue was that although they were aware of the consequences of adding too many nets and drawing too much from the fishery, the issue became that the appropriators, the fishermen themselves, they don't have the autonomy to make and enforce the rules of the fishery. That was deprived of them, and so the institution was not able to sustain itself in the long term. So in all these cases, you know, no more of the three design principles actually characterized any of these cases. And so they were unable to solve the problems that they faced. There are, of course, also issues where they are viable but fragile common systems, where you know they have more of the principles in place, but they still lack all of them. So also in Sri Lanka, there was the Gal Oya, where boundaries and membership were clearly designated, where rules had been devised and monitored, where co collective choice arenas had been set up. But they, you know, did not have the autonomy and they did not have conflict resolution mechanisms in place. And so the institution is not as, as robust as it could be. Of course, when it comes to the commons, and existing institutions, existing fragile institutions, existing successful institutions, existing failures of institutions, that does not necessarily need to limit 
our imagination of possibilities. But it's good to be informed as to what has worked in the past and what hasn't. We can still imagine future scenarios and experiments and how they might play out. But the point is, if we're trying to reinstate the commons, we need to understand what makes them work. At least what has made them work in the past and in the present. For more information on the commons and also the potential of a library economy, you can check out my videos on the commons and the library economy on my channel, youtube.com slash You can also check out Eleanor Ostrom's book, Governing the Commons, as well as a book called Eleanor Ostrom's Rules for Radicals, which I haven't read yet, but I've heard it was pretty good. Um, if you like what I do and you'd like to support me, you could follow me on patreon.com slash true and on twitter.com slash underscore true. That's all I have for today. It could happen here. Peace. It Could Happen Here is a production of Cool Zone Media. For more podcasts from Cool Zone Media, visit our website, coolzonemedia.com, or check us out on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find sources for It Could Happen Here updated monthly at coolzonemedia.com slash sources. Thanks for listening. The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. I won! Yahoo! Private, put down your phone. This is the army. Sort. High Five Casino is a social casino. It's on your phone. Goes wherever you go. I win free spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. I won again. Platoon, present cell phone. High Five. High Five. Casino. Casino. Win at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. I'm going out with the girls this weekend. Nails done. Outfit stunner. And my skin, I know it's going to be glowing because I glammed up my shower routine with new Olay Indulgent Moisture Body Wash. It smells so luxurious and deeply moisturizes with its super rich, creamy lather that's bursting with vitamin B3 complex. So my skin glows and my confidence grows. Try new Olay Indulgent Moisture Body Wash for glowing skin in just 14 days. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. During the Right Rug Flooring Hello Summer Sale, you'll find savings throughout the store, all backed by the right price guarantee, including carpet with a lifetime stain warranty, only $159 installed with pad. That's right, $159 includes expert installation as soon as tomorrow. Visit rightrug.com, R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com to find a showroom near you or schedule a free in-home shopping appointment. Say hello to summer and save. Right Rug Flooring, right here, right now.